This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You are on Saturday Magazine with Nevena and Maka. slightly this glum morning, but we're about to get a little ray of sunshine. We're going to be speaking with the Minister for Equality, Harriet Shing. Welcome to Saturday Magazine. Hello, Harriet. Uh, for some reason, then, Harriet's not coming onto my uh, screen. All right, well, we'll keep talking while you sort that out. Okay. <laughs> um, so Harriet is the, is the Minister for Equality, but also the Minister for Housing. Yes. And Harriet is uh, a regional member up Gippsland Way in the Upper House and, you know, joins us regularly to, to talk about issues that affect our community. But I'm also interested when we get Harriet on, you know, in terms of the dreadful, dreadful fires that are happening oh, that just a- across heartbreaking Victoria. Heartbreaking to see again. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, for us in the city, we sometimes, we don't realise the devastation not just the physical devastation, the emotional devastation that this causes. And a big call out to our emergency services, you know, the police, the ambulance, the fire brigade, you know, the the CFA, all of those people. And animal rescue as well. And animal rescue, you know, that are working really hard. We now have uh, Harriet Shing on the line. Good morning, Harriet. Good morning. Lovely to join you again. It's lovely to speak to you. I wanted to start off, Harriet, first with, uh, you know, you're a regional member of parliament. And some of the fires <clears throat> that are occurring around Victoria, um, it's easy for us in the city, or, you know, not easy, but sometimes we forget the impact that these have, don't we? Well, the fires have been really devastating. Um, Pomonal during the week that people would um, uh, now know very well. Um, it's a beautiful little town, um, has been uh, really, really impacted by fire. We're talking about devastation ripping through homes uh, and, and outbuildings and, and property. We've also seen an escalation due to some really incredibly hot weather and um, a catastrophic fire day. Um, those fires uh, rip through other parts of the state. We've seen relief centres set up, uh, including in Ballarat. And, and there's a lot of um, anxiety out there at the moment with We've got a lot of build-up of, of grass and grass fires, as we know, move really, really quickly. Um, off the back of the, the, the hot weather, things have cured off very quickly and uh, so we've got some very fast-moving fires. We've also seen uh, CFA and volunteer um, uh, crews come from all over the state to help. Um, it's been just extraordinary. Beaufort, um, overnight, we've seen multiple houses um, uh, destroyed and it's it's just really devastating. Um, the, the regional areas are um, obviously doing it incredibly tough off the back of uh, some, again, catastrophic storm events um, on back on Valentine's Day. Um, we've seen you know half a million people out of power, um, people offline and not having electricity for, um, for you know, um, more than a week at a time. Um, the little town of Merby North in, in yes. South Gippsland has been completely <laughs> devastated by, um, by those storms uh, and, you know, again, Lots of us were out of power for uh, for many, many, many days, uh, and and that's been really very difficult for people. And you're right; it's important that people in the city are aware of what's happening, uh, and and don't forget about the impact of natural disaster on rural and regional Victoria. Well, both you and I, Harriet, know Merbu North because you know we're from yes. Gippsland, and 
you know, it's hard to imagine what, you know, what has happened there. Uh, it's devastating for the people. So a special call out to those uh, who are listening. Um, I, we wanted to go now, Harriet, if we may, uh, even though you mentioned Ballarat, the Ballarat Frolic. Yeah, we're wondering tell, if there's an update on that. Tell us about this. So the Ballarat Frolic Festival um, is obviously a huge part of the calendar um, uh, in Ballarat. It's one of the best festivals um, that that we know of um, across our LGBTIQA plus communities. It's a twice year um, uh, festival that brings people together to uh, to really connect across regional Victoria, and, and it's a it's always a huge lineup. Um, there, there are a major um, uh, lineup of events. We're really proud to be able to support uh, the Frolic Festival, and, and they are absolutely hitting their strides now in terms of um, the work across the regional activation program uh, and and the commitments that we've made. What I love about Frolic Festival and in spreading out the festivals is just getting away from the city. Mm. I know George Michael said you've got to go to the city but I think he was making fun of us how we, you know, in the past for queer people a lot of the time we found ourselves, we found our communities in the concrete jungle but seeing these across our wonderful state it's just so enriching to know that these communities can support themselves, can support artists in their area and have people come and visit them in their beautiful places. Yeah, we've got, um, again, a really strong regional program. We do want to make sure that uh, people across rural and regional Victoria have an opportunity to uh, to showcase the best of our um, communities. Um, you know, again, whether it's in these major regional areas or, um, uh, or right out to those um, very rural parts of the state. Uh, again, um, now that midsummer is, is over, we've got a huge set of opportunities across um, across regional Victoria and, and you know, Ballarat Frolic is, is one of them. Chill out, Dalesford. We've had um, uh, Geelong Pride. We've got a whole lot of other, um, a whole lot of other lineups um, in terms of making sure that we continue to have that presence. Um, the launch of the of the summer festival has been pretty massive. Uh, whether it's been the art exhibition openings or the work. Um, that, that builds on seven years of history across Ballarat. It's, it's pretty massive, and it involves a whole, a whole lot of um, a whole lot of volunteer work as well, and making sure that um, we're catering to everybody. And, and the Frolic Festival is really, really renowned for being inclusive and accessible. Um, so, checking out the um, checking out the events and the shows is is always a good way to plan a weekend in regional Victoria. I want to uh, a little bit, I suppose, not left field, Harriet, but. I was interested, you know, as a regional member and, you know, the amount of travel that's involved as a minister and as a member of parliament, how do you, I mean, clearly, you know, you schedule, let's call it downtime or, or personal time there. At the end of a long day, how do you turn off? What do you do? I mean, I read every night before I go to sleep, but what do you do to actually turn off, you know, to clear your brain per se, you know, ready, ready so you can go to sleep? Well, there's always a lot to do that doesn't relate to work. Um, you know, what, yes. are, what do they say before enlightenment, chop wood, after enlightenment, chop wood. So it's, um, <laughs> there are always lots and lots of household tasks and the same, you know, the same sort of things around going to the supermarket and, you know, doing paperwork for life admin and making sure that, you know, that animals and family are part of, of the, the time that I um 
spend outsiders doing official work. So, I mean, it's, I'm the same as everybody else, really. Um, it's, mm. it's just about the sort of things that you love doing and finding them and, and you know, whether that's a, you know, a hobby or um, or being able to just go for a walk. Um, I think balance is really important, particularly now that across the board we've got those blended working from home arrangements. Mm. Um, yes. Often people are travelling and working very, very differently. And, and I, so I think this is it's not a challenge unique to me. Um, I think everybody is grappling with the, um, the questions about when and how it's possible to turn off. Um, what does the right to disconnection look like? Obviously, um, as an MP, it's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job, so it's not really a turn-off arrangement, and nor should it be. Um, but having said that, um, it's important for everybody to, to get and maintain some balance that involves doing things that, you know, that are often mm. really simple and, and joyful and both, you know, a combination of mindful and mindless all at the same time. Speaking of something that might fall in the middle there, yes. we've had a, a text uh, from 894. Question to Harriet. Does she think Taylor Swift is a good role model for young queer people? Um, okay, so I'm really, really going to show myself up as like a fossilised relic of pop culture now because um, when, it, when, when it comes to Taylor Swift, um, I really think it's the most joyous explosion of inclusion and, and you know, a career-spanning decade. This is not an overnight mm. success by any stretch of the imagination. But um, again, Taylor Swift is renowned for, for inclusion um, and as an artist, she's done a lot to um, to make sure that inclusion is not actually any kind of thing of controversy. Um, she's part of a whole lot of artists who are doing that though. And when we think about, you know, um, you know Madonna back in the 80s, um, you know, that's culminated in the Trevor Project. We've got a whole lot of other, um, a whole lot of other artists. Pink is exceptionally inclusive and, and you know, world renowned for, um, for being um, someone who has always celebrated pride and diversity. Um, you look at Lady Gaga. I mean, again, yeah. um, it's just quite amazing to see um, where we're going in terms of pop culture and the idea of, um, again, normality in diversity. Um, and this is, you know, it's pretty exceptional. Um, I I was always a fan of old school Taylor Swift um, material, which is, um, you know, again, probably shows just, that, you know that I've got a bit of catching up to do, but um, <laughs> you know she's she's really she's assertive and she knows her own um, her own voice. She knows her own vulnerabilities, and um, and I think she's I mean to the extent that I can have a view on these things, given I don't know her personally, but I think she's really authentic. And you know we need we need a lot of that I think to be front and centre um, in the way that we engage with our role models and our celebrities, particularly you know influencer culture means that. You can't get onto a social media platform without seeing a filter having been applied to somebody's face yeah. or life. Um, and, you know, I think that she um, perhaps bucks the trend a little bit in that regard. Now, speaking about authenticity, Aaron, <laughs> have you watched Nemesis? Oh, yeah. I've, I've watched a bit of it. I mean, the, the groan is kind of, um, yes, I have. Um, but having said that, there's there's a lot about, um, the optics of politics that doesn't change just because people stop being in, um, you know, in politics as elected um, representatives. Mm. Um, yeah, again, it's it's history repeating itself. Um, it's it's always fascinating. Nemesis and the Killing Season and and the many books and and podcasts and and discussions that continue to happen year after year. I think um, it's it's an, always an interesting exercise to look back over history. Um, 
I think that um, it, it's always, history is always written by um, and determined by the victors, yeah. as it were. So, um, you know, I take, I take it with a grain of salt, um, but always, you know, it's good to get perspectives um, from people rather, you know, who aren't in a question time situation where it is just about sitting down and, and asking questions and having a conversation rather than perhaps a, um, a, a more energetic set of performances that you might see in Parliament. Harriet, Macker and I were discussing what is the motivation for yes. politicians, either who are still active in Parliament, who might be thinking of running again, or who have now exited Parliament and, um, and are no longer part of politics altogether. What do you think is their motivation for being on such a public show like this one? Uh, I think there are all sorts of reasons that people get involved in politics. Um, some people come to it um, with very specific um, passions and campaigns. Um, they might be driven by um, uh, their own lived experience. Um, they might um, be representing a particular group of people, whether it's taxi drivers or multicultural communities, whether it's um, uh, the law and order platform that we see that drives a lot of people. Um, independent candidates are often um, a really um, significant example of that, whether it's you know, whether it's legalised cannabis or um, uh, or the Liberal Democrats, um, you know, Darren Hinch's Justice Party. Like, you, you know, there's, there's all sorts of examples. Um, uh, I think, though, it comes down to um, a pretty common idea of wanting to make a, a difference. Um, how we get there and what we do um, and the way we go about doing it um, varies pretty dramatically. But I think, in the main, whatever the issues are that drive people, um, there is uh, generally a, a set of, pretty good intentions. Um, it's about holding on to that, though, because politics has a curious way of, um, of being a siren song, perhaps, to, to depart from who you were when you arrived and, and become something or someone else. So the challenge is always, um, you know, how you evolve during the journey. Stay with us, Harriet. We're just going to take a, a really quick break and then we'll be back. There's a couple of other topics we'd like to chat to you about. We are speaking with Harriet Shing, the Minister for Equality, Minister for Housing, Upper House member... Uh, in the Gippsland region. Stay with us. Love Radio? Joy is now on iHeartRadio. Turn us on anywhere. You are on Saturday Magazine with Nevena and Macca. We're speaking to the wonderful Minister for Equality, Harriet Shing. Harriet, the ABC now has launched a wonderful queer love letter library. Have you had a chance to read through these and what were your first impressions? Oh, there's... It, it is so wonderful, isn't it, being able to um, understand and delve into some pretty, um, speaking of authenticity um, and vulnerability, some pretty wonderful stories. And I think part of um, part of what good media and good archives and good history involve is um, not not the telling of stories in and of itself, but the creating of space for t the stories to be to be told. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, our queer archives, for example, are just amazing. But um, ABC has has created a, an extraordinary um, collection and, a, and a, an opportunity for access. And and again, it's about um, it's about being able to perhaps understand others' perspectives whilst also um, how they might relate to us. Because I think you know libraries play such an important role. Uh, you know, in our society, and but particularly regionally as well, um, Harriet. I think about 
you know, all the up in Gippsland and other parts of the states, you know, how libraries really are a bit of a centre of the community. And, you know, the more and more queer content and the more and more that queer people support those libraries, uh, it's hugely important, isn't it? Absolutely. And and my electorate, the, the region I represent, it goes from um, the outskirts of Melbourne, so from Moorlbark right out to Mallacoota via the, the Mornington Peninsula. And uh, we know that as our populations grow and change and as people move in and out and uh, and we see, you know, all sorts of um, all sorts of changes across our communities. That libraries are one of the real constants, and this is they are incredibly important. I've been um, I've been a very vocal supporter of libraries. Um, I, I mentioned my librarian in my inaugural speech in, in Parliament, um, and there's not a week that goes by that that I don't think of her. Um, it, libraries are a really non-judgmental, accessible space for, for so many people, whether they're the mobile libraries that, that showed up to town um, when I was a little kid out in the very, very outskirts of, of what is now the eastern suburbs, right out through to um, the remote libraries that, that go and visit and, and do the tours on wheels um, right out to the edges of the state. There's, there's always a, a, a thousand universes to discover inside inside a library and, and books are not just an escape, they're a real way to, to connect as well. So, um, yeah, for, for those um, for those outer urban and, and interface and rural and regional communities, um, libraries are, are just such a wonderful way to, to add to what is um, often um, within a, a, a town that involves a, a football club, a cricket club and a netball club, um, a way for, for everyone to have somewhere to go and somewhere to connect. For that reason, Harriet, do you think that libraries uh, are usually the first safe space that many queer people mm. and people from our community find because they are welcoming, because they are spaces of endless possibility and they're just, they open you up to so many different ideas. Do you think that's what resonates with so many of us? Absolutely. Um, there was, you know, there was a... Um, there was a big reason why I, you know, paid for and, and hosted and put on Drag Story Time um, in Parliament last year. Um, when when those events were being cancelled all over the state, it was so important that we created a safe space and sent a really very clear message. Um, and you know, I was I was really determined to put that event on. Um, it wasn't you know it wasn't a government thing. It wasn't you know it wasn't a party thing. It was me organising it because um, again, you know, speaking of love letters we have to be able to create spaces where we can recognise and value um, the the safety that our libraries provide but also the way in which our libraries enable not just us to, to engage with um, the stories of others and the minds of others but also to practice, you know, our own voices and to work out who we are along the along the journey and and libraries are always places where everyone can find something um, and, you know, they're about, I mean, one of the, one of the um, library corporations came up with a slogan, libraries are not just about shh and <laughs> it's so true, you know. <laughs> Um, so it's it's then about it's everything from online connection, and I know the early days of the the internet were really important for mm. queer kids to connect um, in forums and in social spaces that were safe. Um, and you know, libraries are exactly the same. There are all sorts of activities that don't just involve reading. If you want to bury your nose in a book, that's absolutely fine. But if you want to get involved in any number of different other things, um, there there is always something there. And our librarians are just the most extraordinary um, uh, drivers of inclusion and, and also social change and, and 
and progressive engagement. Um, yes, I, I absolutely love our librarians. I know we've only got a limited amount of time today, but boy, oh boy, <laughs> when I start talking about them, it's, it's hard to shut me up because I'm the beneficiary um, of the generosity and the care and the curiosity of, of, of librarians um, who've played a very big role in my life. And I know that my story isn't unique. When you read a book, Harriet, do you prefer the actual physical book or are you uh, a Kindle type of person? Oh, a bit of both, Yeah, actually. Um, I Yeah, the Kindle is um, it's more convenient. But having said that, I'm really rubbish at keeping devices charged. So <laughs> invariably, I'll, I'll have a Kindle full of amazing books and then I open it and it says, you know, you need to plug it in before proceeding any further. And there's there's actually something really lovely about having, yes. um, you know, the experience, the sensory experience of reading a book. And and I know Kindle is it's got you know it's got a screen that's designed for, again that that sensory equivalence to the extent that you can with a screen. But um, the idea of turning the pages of a book and and secondhand books, I'm mad for them. Yes. Again, that smell of a secondhand book when I was in year nine and we had to do work experience and people will, you know, I think remember this from, from their own $5 a day um, uh, two-week experiences back um, back in secondary school. I did my work experience in an op shop. Oh, wow. And everyone else was going off to vets and, and, and doctors and accountants and, and that was great and they were learning a heap. And, and I did my work experience in, in the local op shop and spent my days um, – listening to and talking with people in their 80s and sorting through books and I was I just absolutely loved it and you know the smell of books still takes me back to 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 that time and to finding all sorts of again new things to discover and being curious and and um you know Kindles are great they're really convenient but having said that I mean it's 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 a user error that I'm not able to keep (laughs) charge. There we go, listeners. That's Harriet's secret pleasure <laughs> is uh, secondhand books, you know, in op shops and other places. Uh, never know. Harriet, uh, I know we were just talking about how Pride season for us this summer is coming to a close very soon. It's enough to make you tired just thinking about it. But were there any reflections you had over this Pride season, any events that you went to that really stood out and are you going to be venturing to Mardi Gras? Is that one event too many? Oh my gosh! I'm so queer. Christmas comes around <laughs> once a year, and it goes for a really long time. And by the end of it, we are all completely exhausted. Um, there are a lot of people with far more staying power than me, so um, I suspect I won't make it to Mardi Gras. Um, there's also a lot in other portfolios in the parliamentary sitting year that that will make it tough. But I mean, again, having um, everything from our writers and visual artists to you know the regional work in you know Golden Valley Pride. I mean this. This um, current um, uh, next couple of weeks, we've got the Frolic Festival, we've got the Standout Cup, the Chill Out Festival. Maryborough uh, is having its second um, Pride yes. Festival later in March. So there is a heap um, on the schedule. We're so proud to be able to support um, events for our communities, particularly for communities uh, where visibility is really important. Um, so the Pride Events and Festivals Fund uh, has been a, a really big deal with um, uh, with more than half of those events in regional Victoria, and and they're all inclusive. But um, we do want to, um, you know, we do want to make sure that we continue that commitment. Um, I, 
I need a bit of a cuppa and sit down. Um, <laughs> yes. And I think I'm probably not alone. The street party was another phenomenal Wasn't it? this yeah. year um, with, again, something for everyone. Really wonderful to be able to, to connect with people, again, from all over the state and around Australia as well. Tens of thousands of people came along. Um, it was another blisteringly hot day, but having said that, um, as the weather cooled into the afternoon and the numbers swelled, it was it was a really wonderful um celebration really um, in all of the best and most positive ways so um, I would say from the littlest events um, whether they're family pride days that are just getting started uh, right through to, to some of our biggest events whether that's um, the pride march or um, or carnival or you know again a street party um, gee we do it well um, and it doesn't have to be always about fireworks and, you know, um, truckloads of sequins. It can be something as <laughs> lovely and local and quiet um, as, you know, as working with our writers and our visual artists. It can. And, uh, you know, all these festivals and all these events, um, you know, have taken place because communities mobilise and support them, but also they receive a lot of support from the government as you as a quality minister Thank you for what you do there because it's really important, you know, in providing some support uh, and not just moral support but financial support. That's really important and, you know, I want to recognise that because a lot of this activity wouldn't take place without that supportive environment. So so thank you, Harriet. Um, We're almost out of time. I really, you know, want to thank you for making the time on, you know, what is a busy Saturday – Give us a clue of what else is happening today. You don't have to tell us where you're going, but, but what, what else is happening today and what time is it going to finish? Yeah, it's um, it's one of those days where I've got um, I've got about speaking of piles of books that you look at lovingly. Yeah. I've got a pile of uh, paperwork that I'm not looking at uh, so lovingly. Uh, um, I've got some cabinet subcommittee work on. Um, obviously, the um, the work around um, emergency management yeah. um, and with my water and housing portfolios on in particular, um, that that work continues. Particularly, you know, fires and and fires, flooding, um, storm events uh, and all sorts of challenges with essential infrastructure. Um, that work will um, will obviously need to continue and it is continuing day and night. That's, that's, um, that is constant. There's also um, a whole lot of work happening around scheduling ministerial council uh, meetings. I had one yesterday in the housing portfolio and uh, and a whole lot of other work happening on, you know, joined up processes for social housing and homelessness work. Uh, and then otherwise, speaking of the um, speaking of the very pedestrian things that, that I need to take care of, um, I'm, I'm going to be mucking out um, some stables and cleaning up some, um, uh, cleaning up some dog rental payments um, throughout the property. And I've had some trees down to speak as well, so I'll be um, starting to move um, some of that out of the way now that the sitting week has finished. But, um, you know, that's, that's kind of my day. It's, it's really... Um, you know, it's really as as familiar, I think, to, to lots of people yeah. as, as anything else. And you know, after after the excitement of the last few weeks um, with midsummer and so many events, um, I tell you what, I've got some um, I've got some house admin to take yes. care of. <laughs> and I I suspect you're actually looking forward to that a little bit. Just uh, well, it's there yeah. to be done. So it's yeah. a whistle while you work situation. I'm just going to hurl myself into it. Um, I'll have an entourage and some snoop advisors while I'm going about yes. that work, and that's absolutely fine. And and you know, again, um, just you know, it, there's a loveliness in working your way through a to do yeah. list 
um, and and I think there's a lot to be said for being also able to connect with with family and friends. Um, obviously, the lunar the lunar new year, um, so yes. um, the the Tet Festival lunar new year um, has also been another really big opportunity for connection. Um, and so everything comes at once. Um, so you know, there's been a lot of eating and drinking and connecting, <laughs> uh, and and now it's it's time to. Uh, to to muck out and to to shovel some poo. <laughs> that's it. Oh, cheers That's to it. that, Harriet. That's it. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us you. on Saturday Magazine, yeah, Harriet Shing, Minister for Equality. Yeah, and thanks for your time. Oh, and, and good luck with the shoveling, Harriet. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, it takes less luck and more persistence, but yes, we'll get there. It does. Um, take care, everyone. Cheers. Always lovely. To- okay. Bye bye. That was uh, Harriet Shing, the Minister for Equality, Minister for Housing, telling us about what's happening the rest of the Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.